maybe just reminders are sent home about, you know, when a child needs to stay at home, you know, what kind of medications can be given by the school nurse. But I think just making sure that a caregiver is informed, reminded of maybe school policy. For more information on over-the-counter medication safety, classroom materials, and handouts, visit ymiclassroom.com forward slash OTC Medicine Safety. Hello, I'm Donna Mazik, Executive Director of the National Association of School Nurses. Welcome to School Nurse Chat. Today, we'll be speaking with Tracy Perrin, Associate Professor and Department Chair in the Department of Nursing at the College of New Jersey. We'll also be speaking with Sherry Hannon, a registered nurse and the coordinator for the Save Kids Worldwide Coalition in Fayette County, Kentucky. We're talking about evidence-based best practice for safe administration of over-the-counter or OTC medications. This episode is part of a three-part series on safe use of OTC medication. Welcome, Tracy and Sherry. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You know, NASN recently published a medication administration clinical guidelines, and we know that medication administration in schools comes with regulations and policies. So we want to just hear from you how we can make OTC medication administration as safe as possible. Let's start with you, Tracy. Well, first of all, I think making over-the-counter medications more accessible at school can definitely make a difference in relieving kids, students, discomfort, and symptoms to get them back to the classroom. We all know that, you know, just using the pandemic as an example of how much time kids have lost from school, and certainly with a headache or a stomach ache or things that we might be able to treat in the school health office with over-the-counter medications, Um, will help them get back to class. I think that school nurses need to be involved in the protocols specific in their district. They should be able to develop in collaboration with the school's, you know, prescriber, depending on what state you're in uh, and the school district's policy. And they should include things like the drug name, dose to be administered, frequency, indications for use, contraindications, and even things like potential side effects and that there be parental consent clearly for each medication that may be administered. Sherry, what are the biggest challenges for keeping students safe at school with those OTC medications? Well, I think Tracy did a real good job covering a lot of the things that need to be considered. I think making the availability of some of those routine over-the-counter medications that a parent has maybe signed permission for their child to be able to access so that if they have a headache or cramps or upset stomach that they can feel like they can go to the school nurse and get, um, you know, the correct medication and just have things available for those kids. So again, they can be in the classroom and that they can stay in school. And we want to make sure that, you know, we do have parent consent for those kiddos to go to the school nurse and be administered those kinds of medications and health histories on kids. And a lot of times those things are asked to be completed at the beginning of the school year so that the school nurse has all of that paperwork 
already on file so they can go over you know some of the you know routine health questions before a child were to be administered any kind of medication but i just think having that availability for kids to not have to call a parent to come home or to the school to get the child to give them the medication themselves i think it's just practical so sherry um have you experienced or heard how it can be difficult to get those pieces that are needed, the consent, the availability of those routine over-the-counter meds. Can that sometimes be challenging to bring into the school to have in place? I think it's probably going to be dependent on the school district and how they want to manage that. But typically, districts have multiple nurses, um, some that just are in one school and some that manage several schools, so they may not be there every single day. I think for the parent to give that consent for that paperwork to be sent home and sent back is probably required for any kind of administration of a, of a medicine to a, a minor child. So I just think, especially if there is, you know, issues with um, a child being sick, that maybe the school nurse is made aware of, of some of the things that are going on or some sort of chronic illness that the child may, you know, have on a routine basis. But just, you know, having that documentation, having the health history of, of children on file to make sure that, you know, we're, we're not giving a child any type of medicine that may be contraindicated. And maybe just having that district school nurse forum get together and come up with that list of common over-the-counter medications that would be acceptable to administer at school. You know, a headache is one thing, but to try to medicate a child who has fever and probably shouldn't be at school is a whole different thing. So just coming up with some of those policies of when it's appropriate and when maybe a parent should be called and the child sent home, I think needs to be, um, you know, guided by policy and mm -hmm. there be an agreement probably, you know, school-wide and, and district-wide. Thank you, Sherry. And as we're talking about policy, Tracy, how can our listeners be sure that their schools are using appropriate evidence-based policy for over-the-counter medication administration? Well, I think part of the solution here is there be an ongoing evaluation of the process, especially if a school district's just embarking on having over-the-counter medication orders that may be signed by the district physician, and therefore there are certain meds that with parent consent they can administer during the school day. Um, keeping track of that will help foster good practice, but also reliability on the information that's being shared with either the district or the district physician or even parents. I think keeping that data collection and making sure that it's visible for everyone, if somebody wants to know, you know, adverse reactions that a student might have had or how often it's certain med is administered or maybe to even an individual. And also looking at the success of having these over-the-counter medications when we're collecting data, such as attendance, days missed from school, how many times a child might be sent home if you don't have these policies in place. So a before and after look at the empirical evidence will help keep the over-the-counter policies up to date and also keep students in school. That is a wonderful example of the key principle of quality improvement in the 
framework for 21st century school nursing practice, Tracy, that ability to use that nursing process of evaluation and data collection is one way to tell that story. Thanks for bringing that out so clearly. Caregivers are sending students to school with OTC medication. You know, I was a nurse in a high school and, you know, came across the baggie of loose pills at various times. What are some common scenarios and good reasons that caregivers might want to do this for their children coming to school? Many school districts, I think, have policies where, you know, kids aren't allowed to have, you know, medications, you know, on them. They can't just decide that they're going to, you know, take a Tylenol that they have in their purse. And that's for good reason. They want to make, you know, know for sure what a child is taking, you know, that somebody has supervised that, um, you know, permission has been given just because, you know, we want to make sure that it is, you know, an okay drug for them to have and not anything that would be inappropriate to, you know, have at school. But we want to make sure that, you know, kids follow the rules and that if they do have conditions where they may get frequent headaches or they suffer from allergies, um, you know, maybe they do get a lot of stomach upset for whatever reason. And if those things are chronic for a child, that may be a conversation that a caregiver would want to have with the, you know, school administration, the school nurse, so that maybe medicine that is particularly effective for them um, can be sent to school and it be in the appropriate bottle, you know, with directions and doses and all of that type of thing. And it's, you know, just for that child only. But, you know, we have to think of ways that we can be able to provide, you know, a certain level of care, you know, to keep kids in school because we know we can't just, you know, let them stay at home because they have a small headache or they've, you know, got a runny nose um, when it's allergy season. We want to, you know, be able to send them to school if they're, you know, don't have something contagious and a real illness going on. We want to be able to make them comfortable, though. You know, we don't want to say, you know, you just have to sit in school for seven hours and be miserable. So, you know, if we can make sure that parents know that they can advocate for their children and, you know, send medicines that, you know, can help them get through the school day that can be administered safely and make sure, like I said, kids understand that. You know, especially when we get into, you know, middle school and high school where, you know, a student may, you know, have, you know, medicine in their purse that, you know, they just have there, but it's against policy for them to self-administer that medication to themselves that they know that they need to follow those rules so that there isn't any type of, you know, disciplinary action for them taking medicines or having medications on them. Tracy, for younger children, how can we keep them safe, parents informed, and accurate records. So I'm going to continue with what Sherry was saying about good communication, right? So with younger children, asking them if they were given a previous dose of a medication, what did mom, dad, you know, caregiver at home give you this morning? You know, were you medicated? Do you know what they gave you? And obviously, if the child isn't aware of what was given, to contact the caregiver to find out, okay, what was given, what was the dose, what time, that kind of thing. Every state has nurse state practice acts for medication administration. So having clear policies that reflect what the nurse practice act is within your state is going to be another way to make sure the documentation is done accurately and correctly and within your state guidelines. 
And I think also the school nurses knowing their district policies, you know, along with their state practice act is a good way to ensure that the records are kept and they're accurate. And I don't think that anybody can make a policy change without knowing the history of the current policy. So if something needs to be updated or something needs to be amended, that, like we said before, you know, having good records and also having that empirical evidence to help support whatever the change might need to be will be invaluable for the school nurse. That's so true. And and Sherry did mention older students. How can we help them be safe by knowing how to administer their OTC medications? Well, again, every state has different regulations and things that students are allowed as well as school districts. So some school districts, children are allowed to take, you know, to utilize their inhaler or to carry their EpiPen and to self-administer certain medications. But I think also having a conversation with those students at the start of the school year about what their medication is, why are they taking it, do they know how to administer it, you know, just doing a quick review um, to make sure that those young people do have a good understanding of what they're taking, why they're taking it, when they should take it, and if there are any misconceptions or misinformation, that that's our opportunity and a chance for us to correct them and make sure that they're taking it properly. And teaching them as they will one day not be in school how to safely use their medication. Absolutely. Sherry, we caregivers, I use that term to encompass parents, guardians, they often give their children OTC medicines and then send them to school. Tracy alluded to that. And you know, we have the rules and, and school nursing and, and we try to keep the whole school community safe. So we know that if a child is too sick to go to school without medication, they should stay home. And in today's times, more than ever. But there are also times where they can be in school. Sometimes we can have medication errors as school nurses don't know that students are already medicated. What are you doing to advocate for keeping students at home if they're sick? Well, I think that's just something that we've um, battled, you know, for a very long time with parents needing to be at work, you know, hating to call in sick. You have multiple kids and sometimes things go through a whole household um, and you could end up missing, you know, work, you know, a week or more at a time. But we need to, again, think about the entire school community and, you know, certain things being very uh, transmissible. I think, you know, if a, if a kid presents to the school nurse because the teacher, you know, thinks the child feels bad, you can tell the child feels bad, you know, typically they get sent to the nurse and then the nurse calls the, the caregiver to, you know, come and get that child. I think at that point when we know a child is having, you know, an, an acute illness, you know, whether that's just, you know, flu or a sinus infection or stomach bug, you know, whatever that looks like. We just need to be able to get that parent there to get that child picked up. We don't need to be in the business of trying to, you know, medicate the symptoms to try to keep the kid at school all day. We actually, you know, need to keep them out of the classroom. You know, typically, you know, when they come to get the child, you know, the parent will sometimes even say, you know, well, you know, I gave them the Motrin before school and, you know, in, you know, four hours, maybe it's wearing off and the temp is spiking again. Um, So I think, you know, nurses are very well educated and can make those assessments when a child is acutely ill and 
when the child is just having, you know, just typical symptoms of maybe just, you know, having a, a stress headache or, um, you know, they've, you know, got a, a pulled muscle and they just, you know, they've got an ache or a pain um, that, that needs just some relief. So I think those types of things, you know, nurses are very adept at being able to, you know, try to make the child comfortable, you know, do certain things that will just get the child through the day, you know, reducing some symptoms. But if a child is ill, they just don't need to be in school for all of those many reasons with, um, you know, keeping other students from, you know, picking up something and, you know, having a whole classroom or a whole school have some sort of breakout of illness. So I think we just have to be I guess, consistent in making sure that, you know, those cases are, um, you know, dealt with and that kids, you know, are sent home in a timely fashion. And I know, again, typically those things are, are outlined in, you know, handbooks that are sent home every school year with students. Hopefully those get opened up and read so that, that parents know. But sometimes I think we get too serious about, you know, a kid missing school and how behind they will be. Um, I know my kids were like that. They would feel terrible and try to want to drag themselves to school because they didn't want to get behind in an AP class or something. But we just want to make sure that, you know, kids can, you know, get the, the attention they need. They can get, you know, taken care of at home with, you know, medications and rest and hydration. And that's where they need to be when they're actually ill and, and, and not at school. You make a really good point that if the student is ill, they need time to rest and recover. And that's not always in the school building. Tracy, what are some things school nurses should keep in mind when delegating OTC medication administration to teachers or staff? Well, again, looking at district policies, looking at state you know, regulations as far as the Nurse Practice Act is concerned, um, who can be delegated, and then making sure that the proper training is done and that those individuals are trained properly. And if they have questions, you know, that they feel comfortable or, or free to ask the school nurse if they're, you know, in our state, if someone's going to be uh, trained in EpiPen use, we have, you know, teachers who volunteer to be that you know, classroom where, you know, there's an allergy. Uh, so it's an allergy safe room as well as, you know, the training of the EpiPen and it's done on a yearly basis. So, and if they want a refresher, they want to come down and practice with the EpiPen trainer to see, you know, hey, look, I, I feel rusty. Can I, you know, come in at some point to do another training? You know, we need to be able to make ourselves available so that they have that information. There's also great resources out there. The FDA has great resources for understanding over-the-counter medicine um, at FDA.gov. So, I mean, there's other places that we can, you know, if they want extra information, they want other kinds of training that they can get this information. Although an EpiPen's not over-the-counter, you know, other types of administration, if they're going on a field trip, uh, you know, those kinds of things, depending on the district you're in and who the children are assigned to. The school nurse can't be with every kid at Disney or Great Adventure or whatever. People need to have that information at their fingertips, so to speak. Um, Sherry, which health education tools do you use to educate students and and families about how to safely use OTC medications? I think a couple of things come to mind right off. I think maybe during peak 
seasons of maybe, um, you know, cold and flu season in the winter, you know, allergy season in the spring, that may be just reminders are sent home about, you know, when a child needs to stay at home, you know, what kind of medications can be given by the school nurse. But I think just making sure that a caregiver is informed, reminded of maybe school policy, because, you know, sometimes we just take for granted that a caregiver is aware of what can happen at school and what should not be occurring at school. You know, even kids with maybe um, an acute illness, they, um, you know, Maybe after being on an antibiotic for 24 hours, they can return to school. But, you know, we may want to be more specific in making sure that, you know, they need to be, you know, afebrile. They need to be able to, you know, sit in the classroom and be a student that day and, and not needing to be, you know, at home and monitored and get the rest and recovery, like you said, that they need. So, you know, sometimes just making sure that parents are aware of those policies and, making sure that maybe some things are sent home with caregivers about how they can teach their student, you know, safe medication administration, you know, reading labels and understanding labels, safe storage of medications and things like that, just so that maybe some things are are being sent home that can make a parent aware, um, good reminders, if nothing else, just about medication safety at home. And then hopefully, you know, that will translate to, you know, children being more knowledgeable and having more respect for medications because, you know, we take them because we want them to be helpful, but if we misuse them, they can be very harmful. So I think this making sure that we're having conversations in school, at home, about medications and how to correctly take them and the good communication so that everyone is aware of, you know, when medicine was taken, what kind of medicine, the dose that was given, all of those types of things. So just making sure, you know, families are involved and, you know, schools and you know, parents, they're in a partnership. So we need to make sure, especially at times when it concerns, you know, serious matters like this, that we are doing, you know, a really good job in putting forth our best efforts in making sure that, you know, we're not dosing a child with Tylenol at 730 in the morning, um, unless we've called that caregiver to make sure that they haven't already just, you know, an hour before being given it so that we're not over medicating students. So again, just making sure that, you know, we're being very careful when we're ministry medications. Um, We've got those uh, health histories. um, We've got permission um, from the caregiver. And we're just, you know, following policy so that we are doing the very best we can for students and doing it all in the safest way possible. I appreciate that focus on health literacy and promoting that education with families and students as well. I want to thank you, Tracy Perrin and Sherry Hannon. You provided helpful information to consider for safe use of OTC medications in school and even uh, extending to the home setting. We know that school nurses use their assessment skills, professional judgment and communication to enable safe OTC medication administration in school for students. And you've elaborated on what that looks like. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. For more information, on over-the-counter medication safety, classroom materials, and handouts, visit ymiclassroom.com forward slash OTC Medicine Safety.